you're watching the polls on the Join News channel. This afternoon, we're asking that question. How are you coping with the cost of leaving in the face of mounting economic pressures? Stay with us as we hand over the microphone to you, our cherished viewers and audience, uh, as we have a roundtable with young Ghanaians and some uh, a cross-session of the public on happenings uh, in the Ghanaian economy. We'll get to the very latest uh, plus some reactions to that. Uh, this afternoon, we're also taking a look at the Ghana Scholarship Secretariat. The Secretariat this afternoon is fighting of claims of nepotism in the award scheme of grants to students across the country. And the Registrar General, uh, Kinsley Ajiman, who is my guest here in the polls, he was speaking to us uh, on a variety of concerns that have been raised by students across the country. And later in the bulletin as well, we head to Germany, where leaders are battling a refugee crisis. We explore the possible solutions and also get you the latest uh, from Europe. There's more coming over here on the Pulse. And bless us on the Pulse, as always, is brought to you by Global Communities, Digni Lu, affordable, safe sanitation for all. We are live on DSTV channel 421. Go TV channel 125. Facebook, it's uh, Join News on TV and also on YouTube as well. We are uh, also live uh, at myjoyonline.com, you might want to stream us from there as well. Join News is independent, fearless, and credible. Welcome to the Pulse. We'll be back with the diesel show. And you're welcome back. And just last week, some Ghanaians poured out into the streets to express their displeasure over the deteriorating situation in their living conditions. They feel that the government has largely mismanaged the economy and pushed them into a situation where they are reeling and their extreme poverty and poor quality of life. Well, today, uh, what we're doing is to take that uh, to back to you as our viewers, of course, taking their attention uh, to the core issues raised by those who protested uh, to the general, together with the general population. Shortly, we'll hear from those who were part of that um, protest uh, last week. First, though, here's the breakdown of how the economy is uh, faring in terms of the inflationary figures, as you see there, a constant and a significant rise uh, ever since uh, we moved um, somewhere into uh, the start of this year. Uh, the situation slightly dropped. However, it is... Uh, you know, uh, marginally going up uh, when we uh, take a look at the graph, uh, specifically between June and July this year. Uh, it shot up to the highest of 50 uh, plus percent, uh, where, of course, many were alarmed in February, asking government to deal with the challenges. Uh, now it's uh, significantly dropped to somewhere around 40.1 percent. Uh, yet many say that that figure is just too high for the average Ghanaian to deal with. And that's why you're seeing uh, the ballooning debt stock also being part of the challenge and the concerns being raised by those who embarked on the protest last weekend, uh, taking a look at what's happening to our public debt stock, uh, the continuation and the sharp rise in the figures, as we're seeing there um, with over 500 uh, billion. Uh, indicator there on that stretch. So it's part of the reasons why, of course, uh, the organizers of the Occupy Jilopi House uh, protests hit the streets. Before we bring you, you know, the story of the everyday Ghanaian and how you're feeling out there, uh, just take a look at the recap of some of the key concerns when the protest started. See one protest start. 
standing in the rain um, eating. What are you eating? Fried rice with chicken? Fried rice with chicken and salad, you know. Oh, okay. Because, yeah. But you're drenched in the I'm dry, I'm wet. I'm so wet till tomorrow because you know you want to send a signal to to a couple other and it's up pointing. We want to let them we want to let them, to let them know how the country is at. I cannot even eat three day meals, a three times meal a day. We can't, we can't even afford pay. Are you suggesting that but for this protest you not get this fried rice and chicken? Oh no, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. What I'm trying, the I'm trying to make that Ghana is hard. Ghana is hard. Ghana is hard more than you think. That Ghana will be. That's the problem. And the problem is that from the when you look at the tip from yesterday, what happened between the, the protesters and the police? That makes some of us join today. Even on the rain, you are still on the rain. Okay. 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 So what you can see, um, some of the protesters are holding placards and then standing behind these barricades and then showing them to showing them to people who are driving home. Of course, it is the rush hour, and now we're beginning to see some traffic situation. The police had to um, redirect the traffic onto the stretch. So on the right, you have all these vehicles using the road in front of the Jubilee House, but that is not the case today. That is not the case, and for many hours since morning, these protesters have been here throughout um, the scorching sun, now the rain is still raining and it's still here. They say they are not moving. You can see some of them in their raincoats. Let me move and speak to um, some of them. Hi. Hi. <laughs> good to see you again. Yeah, good to see you. Maswell, Agbagba. Tell me, how is it going? It's going very well. You can see that we have defied the rain, right? If you like, it's rain from now to 24 hours. We'll be here. Okay. We'll be here. You are not living here today. We're not living here today. You we have the vision here. I'm telling you. Okay. We have allowed the tyrant Akufuado, who demonstrated multiple times. He's a well-known serial demonstrator in this country. I mean, a supposedly human rights lawyer, stopping Ghanaians from demonstrating. I mean, it's unheard of. They have, in fact, they have sold this country. In fact, they have finished this country. Everything in this country is gone. I mean, someone that is known as a human rights lawyer, he has thrown away, in fact, this guy does not believe in democracy. Chineke! And we've all kept quiet. The Christian council should be ashamed of themselves. The religious leaders should be ashamed of let, let me hear from the lady. Hi. Let me finish. The lady. Let, let, let me hear from the lady. Morality is lost. Hi, what's your name? Patience. Patience. Okay, tell me, why are you protesting? Why are you taking part in this protest? Oh, I'm protesting because both my parents died due to an uh, ineffective health care system. Both of them? Both of them, 2020. What happened? I'm so my sorry. Mom's, my mom's oxygen tank finished and they didn't have an oxygen tank. So she died. And then your dad? My dad, he was, he was supposed to get a bed at Kolebu, right? Yeah. But they said they didn't have any beds. Yeah. And all of this happened in 2020? It happened in 2020. My dad died in September and my mom died in November. So sorry. So sorry for your loss. Yeah. So I'm here to protest too. I'm here to protest. So you are protesting for better healthcare system? Yes. We are protesting for a better, a better, better system for, for our youth. Thank you. This old man yeah. finished this 
Many of the people um, I've been in interacting with here um, tell me that they are here for a purpose. Um, many of them have their own reasons for um, you know coming here to protest today. Some of them you ask them to tell you that they are unemployed. Some of them will tell you that they are national service um, persons. That their salaries are not are not enough for them. You know. And let's speak to. Hi. What's your name? I'm Jesse. Okay. Why are you taking part in this protest? I mean, the message is just one, right? Okay. Our leaders are not patriotic. They yeah. pledge allegiance to their political party before they would even think of the normal citizen. Yeah. So I'm here to just protest because Charlie, me and my brain, oh, the government. You use the F word. I'm sorry for. I'm sorry for that. These are some of the things you cannot control. You cannot control on live TV. Hi, what's your name? My name is Frank, your car guy. Okay, tell me, why are you taking part in this protest? I am here on behalf of all car dealers in the country. Oh, okay, you were the one who was yes, yes, speaking. Yes. You had a microphone and you were speaking yes, to the yes, crowd. Yes, yes. You were complaining about high import, import, and, import duties and exchange rates. Tell me, how is it affecting your business? Well, first of all, what do you do? I am an importer and a car dealer. Okay. Import duties, exchange rates is killing our business. Sadly, it is not just about cars. It's not just car business that's dying. Yeah. The economy in Ghana thrives on imports. You understand? So every company, every institution, whatever, every hustle someone is doing, yeah. there's something you have to import. So if import duties are high, exorbitant amount is what you have to pay to clear your goods. Yeah. If the exchange rate is not good. I mean, um, when MPP took over, it wasn't even five cities. But the end can't say a five cities square. You moved it all the way from down five to 14 cities. You see, and then and I'm somewhere 11, 12 cities. Yeah, bread. You to me touch and farm back country no. Yeah, the basso are into me clear. Into a mark costa. Bibia wa kostro. What I say? Bibia wa kostro. Obi into me to adi. Oh, yeah, bread. Anything you have to say. Something must be done. You understand? We can't we keep going there like this. We are citizens. We were asked not to be spectators. Okay. So this is what we are doing. So this is you being a citizen and not a spectator. Okay. Thank you for talking um, to me. He's, uh, he's been importing cars into the country and he's been complaining about very high import duties. But the people who are here are from different backgrounds. We've had lawyers here, we've had teachers here, we've had nurses here, we've had people in the entertainment industry also here. One of them who's been here since morning um, is Efiado. Yeah, you are eating. Uh, you are eating fried rice with chicken. Yes. <laughs> Tell me, I come do. You've been here since morning. I know that. I, I, I saw you. I saw you around here. Um, tell me, how is it going so far? Amazing. We know we're we're keeping up with the spirit. Yeah. We're not letting the rain stop us. You know, we came here for a purpose, and we're serving our purpose. Yeah. I saw that tweet from you taking on um, musician El. And you've been taking on quite a number of them also. You think they're influencers and you think they can use their influence to get more people here. Why that though? I'm sorry, ask the question again? Yeah. I saw your tweet taking on EL, musician EL, because he was here earlier, but he's no longer here. And you are complaining about how, you know, some of the influencers are not here. Some of them who have a bigger voice, you know, are not here. I mean, honestly, I have, okay, yes. I appreciate you for coming through. But did you come here to look like you're a part of us? Did you come here to look like you're doing something so you can look good? Or you actually came here 
because you, you believe in what we what, what we stand for, you know? It's a bit funny when I see people just to come and do interviews and leave. Well, as of so far, that report by my colleague Maxwell uh, Agbaba capturing some of the sentiments uh, raised by uh, those who were part of the protest uh, last week. So are these uh, the stories um, of, you know, the average uh, citizen uh, or it's just a group of individuals that are part of this protest who are raising these concerns? And it's the reason for which you uh, see... Um, you know, the perception, uh, corruption perception index also coming up, uh, the fact that over the last three years, government has stagnated at a point of 43 out of uh, the total number of nations that were uh, assessed over the period. And it's the reason for which uh, we're having uh, this conversation uh, this afternoon and also trying as much as possible to make sense of what your concerns are uh, as well. So, are these really the concerns of uh, the everyday Ghanaian? We have some of, uh, of course, uh, you in the public joining us uh, and also will be joined by a representative of uh, the pro-poor NGOs and Ghana. But just before uh, that conversation starts, let's uh, bring you a three um, of uh, that series that we, we've been putting together in our Living Standard series. And so any. Groceries from farming communities arrive at Agbogloshi. For over 30 years, Nanama's job is to cut groceries from Gosu farms in the Half region to Accra and other big cities for sale. Although the job is tedious and sometimes dangerous, she enjoys it. Trucks break down and then armed robbers attack us. Lately, she explains that to make profit, she would have to haggle with retailers. Oh no, I won't take 15 cities. The plantains are expensive. I buy them at a much higher price. I can't sell them for less. She leaves her six children far away in their half region to endure bumpy roads to cart her goods to the market. Sometimes she spends days on the road when the truck breaks down. Nana Ma would not disclose how much she earns, but said her profit has dwindled. Whenever we come to sell, we don't get much because there are many competitors. Sometimes the farmers think we cheat them, but that is not the case. To understand why Nanama is driving a hard bargain, I engage Martin, a driver. He explains that 
He is compelled to charge more when cutting groceries because of rising fuel prices and the terrible state of roads. But what has bad roads got to do with the prices of groceries? Martin explains. My vehicle has nine sections, costing about 2,000 cities. Most of it goes into buying fuel. We have complained several times, but government has turned a deaf ear. Riding on his nickname, Humimobo, which translates, have mercy on me, is hoping government will fix the roads in these areas. I just wish they would asphalt the roads for us. The roads are terrible and many drivers are reckless. One time, my car was hit by a stray bullet from his colleague Daniel shares the same sentiments. There are no street lights. Drivers are always hitting portals. The road minister has turned a deaf ear. By highway for so and a road minister. When they safely arrive in markets, they employ the services of young men like Kweku, who engage in intense energy sapping activity to offload the foodstuffs. Every post I unload earns me 20 cities. Out of that, I take my lunch, clothing, and everything. If groceries are now expensive on the market, the reason is simple. Rising fuel, terrible roads, and charges from offloading boys drive up the prices. Recently, the bill that came was almost one thirty for water, and I'm wondering why the water is still going high. Prices are up. Fuel prices are up. Transport fares up. With the poorly regulated nature of Ghana's markets, the ordinary Ghanaian is tightening budgets to make ends meet. So, what are people kicking out of their priority lists to survive? Like me, bomitia. And here I'm a person every day. I'm a person me bomitini. And we say we're in a chair. It's maybe bear. It's me good to bear. Say two months. 
braid my hair once every two months. I also do my own washing because I cannot afford it. Any salon I enter, either 10 or 12 cities, so I opted for a roadside barber who charged 7 cities. I have stopped going to the tailor because they also charge too high. With the increment of items, it's, it's just something that we can't talk about, but we are in it. And with the last time I went to the salon, I can't really remember because most of the times I do the washing at home. And then, yeah, I, I basically do everything myself. I prefer buying clothes these days because it is affordable than having to sew them. With people deciding to cut out clothes and visiting saloons less often to make ends meet, I visited Jennifer, who works inside the Kanishi market. She targets traders who may be too busy to visit hairdressing salons in their residential communities. Jennifer says because of her target market, she has made her services affordable. But lately, her customers have not been frequent. The cost for the electricity bill has tripled. They were charging those with extra appliances more, so I had no option than to send my two hair dryers home. Even though they reduced the price at some point, it is still not easy to pay. Her customer, Davi, who had not visited her for weeks, says economic difficulties are to blame. Mm. This is where I braid my hair. But for some time, financial difficulties is making it difficult. Uh-huh. Davi adds that she is currently fighting with other tenants over payment of utility bills due to the unfair amount she is forced to pay monthly. Paying of bills in my house always turns into an argument. The bills are high and I would prefer my own meter. Emanuela, a church administrator, joined the conversation. She simply cannot explain how her water bills keep rising even though the Public Utilities and Regulatory Commission has not announced adjustments in tariffs. For me, it's been going high because I usually pay, so I know how much I've been paying over the period. Um, recently, the bill that came was almost 130 for water, and I'm wondering why the water is still going high. Same stresses are also reporting low patronage. Mother has had fewer customers in recent times, but her challenge is electricity charges. The bills are high, so what I do is pass on the cost to customers. Nyamiche is a cleaner who is convinced that ECG has increased tariffs and wants the government to come clean. I received 85 cities, but it jumped to 120 in February. What baffles me is the water bill. Well, some concerns uh, of Ghanaians there, of course, sharing their 
uh, feedback to government on the need to deal with the cost of living. But uh, this afternoon, there's a need for us also to look at the concerns of the average Ghanaian uh, from you know, various walks of life. Is the reason for which uh, we have uh, Julius Kwame Anthony uh, joining us in studio. Uh, Philip Kwame Saba is also here with us. Uh, in the course of the discussion, we'll have uh, more Ghanaians joining the conversation. But gentlemen, it's uh, such a pleasure to have you all yeah. in studio. Thank you. Very uh, much. And uh, those were ladies doing their, you know, usual, the usual, what we, what we expect them to do uh, to always look good. Uh, but as, you know, uh, members of the youth and also as the average Ghanaian, the question is, how is the cost of living affecting you? Uh, let me start off with you, uh, uh, Julius, because um, you, you also have some concerns. You were part of the protest last week, I believe. Um, looking at the feedback, first of all, from the protest and just opposing that to your personal experiences, what would you say um, is that you know, key factor that the government needs to deal with now? Yeah, so uh, first of all, the government needs to deal with the reality that Ghanaians are suffering and accept it because... The attitude which they put up and pretend as if the realities are not there mm. is so unfair. You must accept that. Right. If you deal with the ordinary Ghanaian today, inflation rising to the tune of 50% at some point, you know, fall up high. Yeah. To transport yourself if you're working is a challenge for you. You get that. Yeah. Feeding at home, utility prices have increased under this government more than they have ever done before. And we want to pretend as if all these things don't exist. And when citizens raise these concerns, they are, they are being delusional or something. Those are the issues that we are talking about. And we are talking about these issues at a time where, I mean, look at BOG. They are, they are contributors to the inflation problem we are having. Because if you are lending money to the government, I mean, beyond the regulated uh, percentages, mm-hmm. you are going to contribute to inflation. And these things are self-inflicted by the government. And so if we recognize that you are the one causing the problem and we are asking you to correct the problem, you don't attempt to make us look like we are delusional people. That is the challenge we have with this current government. And you see, young people in this country are so frustrated. Uh, if you look at nursing students, they are all leaving the country. Just before I entered this studio, right. there was a conversation in Siwen that if you go to America right now, one out of ten doctors you meet in New York are Ghanaians. It's contributing to a brain drain of the country. As I'm here, I feel threatened because I have conversations with people who are lawyers. I'm studying law because I believe that the profession is profitable or something like that. I have conversations with them, and they tell me that, Julius, give up that mentality because you'll be disappointed. It doesn't work the way you are thinking. You are not going to finish and be well-to-do. Forget about it. And at a point, I consider, I mean, as we speak, sometimes I feel like, should I abandon it because, I mean, I had two options, trying to leave the country, or pursue that, then I decide, okay, let me do that. And I am doing that with the hope that when I am done, it will not be a problem for somebody because I'm literally running the course on the benevolence of people. So now I finish and I'm going to be back in that same situation I was avoiding. So you feel like, should you stop this whole thing and leave the country? So those who are leaving the country are justified to leave. Those who are complaining that things are not working here are justified to complain. So when, we you were, when, when you were joining last week's uh, protest, yeah. what expectations did you go in with? And would you say that looking at the kind of feedback and responses that we're getting, your concerns will be addressed anytime soon? Are you getting that indication? Well, the expectations I went into that demonstration with is mm. that we're going to meet a government which is decent enough, at least, to know that these are citizens of the country who must be treated with some respect. Mm. Respect was not served. You saw the conduct of the police on day one, arresting people contrary to law 
and, 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 and putting them in the cells. You saw the, them barricading the roads, saying that we cannot go near the Jubilee House to present petitions if we want to. If you respect the citizens of this country, the youth who came out of their numbers, and you see, it is not the usual thing where you say that it is an NDC demonstration or this party's demonstration, and so don't mind the people. You see young people from different backgrounds gather over there. You don't even have the decency to want to meet them and listen to what they have to say. So I was expecting that they would have had that decency at least. They did not have it, and their attitude after does not even show that they were listening to the things we were saying. Did you see the communique issued by Salam, the youth organizer of the New Patriotic Party? A very insulting communique telling us in point three that he, he, he listened to the things we were saying on, in all the three days, yeah. and he had nothing reasonable. They are the usual quote rhetorics. But, but then, I mean, uh, how to can you the say contest, that they are the usual... ahead to, to point out that, uh, well, they inherited an already... Uh, uh, an, I mean, an already... In, in, in 20... Uh, he uses a certain term to describe the... the to the, suggest that yeah, the, the economy, economy was ailing. Really, yes, yes, precisely. In 2016, <laughs> President Ekufuado was asked if he knew how he was going to implement free SHS and all those things. He said emphatically on BBC that he knew how he was going to do it. That suggests that this is a man who knew the state of the country. In that same period, President Ekufuado told us that within 18 months of his administration, the face of Ghana was going to change. If you said these things, knowing the conditions you were inheriting, why would you, six years after, come and be making those comparisons? Nobody cares six years into your administration about what President Mahama did or President Mahama didn't do. We care about what you have done because it was you who told us you knew what to do. So we care about what you have done. So you tell us what you have done. You tell us how you have made any difference in our life that we are still having these same conditions we are talking about. So the statement he was issuing, making comparisons with President Mahama and all those things, smacks of someone who simply does not understand the job of a party in government. Your job is to face the problem. Your job is not to blame other people. So the blame game must end. And you see, those of us who are close to power and are beneficiaries of power must begin to realize that when we are beneficiaries of power and other people who are not beneficiaries of it are complaining, our own safety is in danger. Because you cannot be safe in a society where we have very well-to-do people close to so many people who are struggling. You cannot be expecting the people to keep quiet. So you are setting yourself up for a society which is going to be very chaotic, and you'll be the victims of it. These are the things we need to be speaking against. If you are in government, be compassionate. Relate with the woes of other people, even if you are not a part of it. And speak with some form of compassion and respect for them. If you tell them that the whole three days, it is the usual rhetorics, roads are bad, hospitals are bad, are roads not indeed bad? Are people not getting accidents on the motorway? Is dialysis in Kolibu, hasn't the price increased by more than 120%? In just one communicate, they increase it and alter the lives of people. At this age, I shouldn't be buying medicine for my mother when I am paying any child living any time I buy something. I shouldn't be doing that at this age. But that is what a lot of us are doing. And then you are telling us that they are the usual rhetoric. So when I was growing up, I didn't think it was a usual rhetoric that after first degree, I should be dealing with the situations I'm dealing with in this country. I didn't think that it was a usual rhetoric. I expected I would have a system. That is why we have governments. Governments are supposed to create welfare regimes for their people. You don't create a problem and turn around to insult us. So please, with all due respect to him, that is a condemnable statement. If he has any decency and has the respect for the youth of this country, because he's a youth organizer of a political party, if you have any respect for the youth that you'll be going around this country campaigning to that they should vote for his party, he should withdraw that comment and apologize to them for making that comment, that they okay. had no issues. Mm -hmm. You should withdraw it. Right. right. Uh, but, 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 Philip, the point is, 
Let's also refer to the NPP. The, the challenges are enormous. Um, so it will take time to, to deal with, with almost everything that, you know, the, the concerns that everyone is raising. Don't you I, think I so? share all the sentiments okay. Julius, Julius um, shares. Right. And you see, um, we can't be fair to a government that has promised us and categorically mentioned that they know the problems we have, they know the problems we have, and they are coming to fix. You know, the promises of... Um, Nana Kufadu and then um, Baumia during 2014, 2015, 2016 election was that they knew the situations that we have at hand and they are coming to solve the problem. Right. But what do we see now? Four prices are going up. We have bad groups, as my brother said. Lecturers at the colleges of education are going on strike right. and a whole lot of bad things that are, are going on. And I think uh, recently, I think today or yesterday, yeah. Ghana has been ranked as the ninth most riskiest country to invest in. Oh, really? Yes. I have not, I'm yet to see yeah, that report. You, you would get that report. You see, I see, when you are even encouraging the youth to venture into entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. this is a country that is very risky for you to invest in. You, you do some little of investment and then there is tax all over. You, you see the taxes that are put on sanitary parts and a whole lot mm -hmm. of things. Mm -hmm. Even the struggle that the youth are doing, right. evolving themselves in sport betting and all that, there's a tax on it now. You bet and then the money you get... Nanado is oh, yeah. part of it, and, and it's very bad. But, but, and you don't say the see, government, I'm yeah, gracious see, enough to, it's not as though, but by saying that he takes see, 10%, it's as though the president see, is directly see, and taking the, and that. And the sad side it? of all this mm. is that you don't see the tax mm -hmm. doing anything for you. Right. You don't see it, you don't, you don't just see it. Right. You are paying money and you don't mm -hmm. see the result of it. Mm -hmm. There are other countries that, European countries that, uh, colleagues complain that, yeah, they right. take tax and all that. But you see the system working. You see something your tax being used for. And at least that at least gives you some hope right. that there is something. But this is, you know, when all these things are going, the posture of government, the posture of Nanado and Baumia with their cabinet and everyone, right. posture of government is still the same, being arrogant, being insensitive to Ghanaians, and, and doing what just they please. But personally, how do you connect, you know, what's happening to the economy to, to your personal lifestyle? I mean, and also how it's affecting you. Do, do you share, you know, a similar concern that it's, Anthony it's, shares? It's the same. The only person in Ghana who is not suffering from all this was right. probably Nana Kufuadu and Baumia and their, and their government. How, and, do you, and, how do you know that for a fact? The president says he's admitted that things, times are really tough. But, but you don't see it. He's not going through our situation. You see uh, Dr. Mahmoud Baumia flying around, moving around, sharing money, giving money to people. And this is someone who, and probably those who are probably uh, disappointed probably, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want to sound too mm. much political, mm -hmm. but disappointed MPP supporters who probably don't have any option mm -hmm. because of what they have been fed with mm -hmm. and probably because of where they are coming from, their right. region or ethnicity, who that they feel that MPP is the only solution that they have. Mm. These are the people who are not even comfortable but pretending to be because they can't go any, any other place and that's what they, they are fed to do. And there is no Ghanaian who is there currently who is not feeling the heat. Bro, you are also feeling the heat. You, if well, you are, are you asking me or you're telling me? I'm telling me. you, you are feeling it. That's an interesting one. <laughs> uh, Anthony, I'll come back to you. Sure. Uh, but let's also bring some of our uh, other colleagues who are uh, joining us uh, via Zoom as well. Daniel uh, Nukukova is an agri uh, businessman. He, of course, uh, has been in that sector for quite some time now. And uh, Ni Omanye Boni Lante uh, is uh, a student as well. He is uh, at the Ghana School of Law as well as Richard Akwesi. Amin, who is a social uh, communicator as well. Tajuddin Mohammed is also joining the conversation. Uh, and uh, it's really great to have uh, all of you joining us. Uh, Dani, let me give you the uh, opportunity to tell us, since you, of course, do some uh, business, some trading, uh, in recent times, 
How has patronage been, and how do you personally connect to some of these stories being shared in studio? Good afternoon, Lizard. I want to say good afternoon to all your uh, viewers, and then uh, my good brother Julius and the other panelists. Uh, indeed, the economic hardship is real, and no descending Ghanaian at this point in time can, I mean, deny the fact that uh, there is no economic hardship. Uh, in fact, if you gauge the atmosphere very well, mm. you realize that there's so much anger and hunger in the system. Uh, I come from an agriculture community, predominantly we do Gary, where I can tell you somewhere 2022, June, one of of Gary was going for nine cities. Today, as I speak, it is selling for about 23 cities and ask me why. The agri inputs have gone up, the fuel prices have gone up, and mm. all these things are factors that determine the prices of goods and services in the market. Right. And I ask myself, what has happened to uh, the food and job planting for food and jobs? Our leaders have promised us. I mean, when you look at the national entrepreneurship and innovative program, I mean, our government has put in place what has what has happened. What are the young people doing? And today, you go to the market, and people are not buying. A lot of people are even struggling to raise the money to buy and even producers. So it looks like everybody is fed up. We keep importing and nothing really is, is, is working in the country. And I think that is not enough. When we expect um, leaders uh, to encourage us and to help us, I mean, putting up these businesses and ensuring that our businesses are successful. Mm. We hear some of these people in leadership positions making very reckless comments that it enhances the youth. Um, so it looks like we are tired and we are all just waiting to see what will, will happen. And listening to a few weeks in the news, looks like our president has given up that a new leader will continue. So I don't want to even call on the president anymore to even intervene, but I can only encourage the youth that it looks like uh, we have to uh, uh, put in a lot of energy, I mean, to push in for our, for our own selves. Mm. Yeah. Right. Uh, Nio Manye uh, Pony is also joining us. And, of course, uh, Nio, just, just as uh, your case, of course, we have Anthony here who's also, uh, I believe, doing pursuing law as well. You're all doing the same thing. Um, we heard from some of your other colleagues who are equally complaining about this notion about the profession, law itself being an escape. Uh, from the economic challenges that are confronting uh, the nation. Uh, but it appears that all of you are having, a, a, you know, some sort of uh, a second look at, at, at that perception, isn't it? Well, in the first place, before you even get called to the bar, you mm. have pecuniary obligations to the school, huge sums of money to pay a school fees and other costs that come along with, the, with being a law student. So in an economy like this, naturally, every law student, and uh, for, for the records, yeah. every law student as a condition president is supposed to show evidence of unemployment or study leave. So if you are not working mm-hmm. and you are in the Ghana School of Law for two years and you have to pay hefty sums for school fees in an economy like this, then you can imagine the kind yeah. of stress some of us are going through. I see. Uh, but, but how are you personally coping? Uh, we've heard so many accounts about, you know, connecting it personally to yourself. And, and what would you want, you know, the authorities to do about your concern? Well, 
we are all going through one stress or the other. And unfortunately, there isn't much you can do. You have to find a way to manage it. So as I pointed out earlier, mm -hmm. we are not supposed to be working whilst we are in school. So it's either you are relying heavily on your already uh, made investments or you are relying on a few family and friends to help you through the, your legal education. I do not think that the school is in a position to help students because then if you create that platform, everybody would tell you that they are all facing one economic hardship or the other. So in that kind of situation, naturally, you have to find a way and the ways and means to sustain yourself through the two years. I see. Uh, Richard Kwesia, uh, a name is also with us. And Richard, were you part of the demonstration last week? Um, if not, what, what do you make of this whole growing movement, uh, you know, the push for something uh, crucial to happen, you know, the need for uh, drastic changes in, in policy to respond to the concerns that the youth are raising? Thank you very much uh, for giving me the opportunity. I want to... Uh, with the, my fellow panelists and all people that are watching us this afternoon. I was actually not uh, at the uh, demonstration uh, last week. However, I fully support the demonstration. And uh, we were, uh, if I will be permitted to use the old slang, I was part of the keyboard the warriors that were supporting the, the demonstration <laughs> from behind. Yeah. Uh, so, so you are yeah. mostly on social yeah, so media. The, Yeah, so the issues and concerns that have been tabled by the uh, uh, people who joined the demonstration, and if I was present, I would also have joined, is to the fact that the current economic system in the country is one that is very excruciating, and that living conditions have become more difficult today than it was in yesterday's years. And so if we have come together to elect a democratic government, to represent our interests, then we want to see the government putting into uh, putting in efforts at alleviating our challenges. And so, when you have a government that is not doing this, then it is time that the people that have given them the power actually jump home their needs. We have these people occupying the seats of government. We elected them there. They are there on the accounts that Ghanaians through our constitution, gave them the power to exercise the executive uh, uh, function of government on our behalf. And so when they are there, it is not necessarily what pleases them, but what pleases at, at, at large, to the large extent, the uh, uh, larger society called Ghana. And so when you have a government that is not doing this, then there is, there, there is uh, a cause for worry. And so I fully supported the demonstration, even though I was not on the ground. And uh, my brother, as we are speaking today, most of the, the speakers before me have alluded to certain facts. Today, when you look at um, utility bills, like uh, uh, I think the first, uh, one of the people that were interviewed, uh, I think from the markets, who was saying that her light bill has gone, uh, gone up so much, even though the uh, utility regulatory authority has not sanctioned any increase. Uh, the fact, the other day I was on, on social media and someone posted that today you buy uh, uh, 
writes uh, worth 100 Ghana cities and you are able to use it for one day. When you are doing this, uh, when, when, when you have to uh, cough out 100 Ghana cities every single day and you are into business, mm. my brother, you agree with me that uh, it will be very difficult to, to, to okay. sustain such a business. Right. And so um, today, as I've indicated, life has become more difficult today as than, than it, it used to be. Mm. Uh, mm. Uh, okay, uh, we seem to be having some challenge there. Uh, COVID 19 uh, uh, came up in somewhere 2019. The government came up with a living as a tax. And, uh, okay, uh, we, we seem to have a challenge there with uh, Richard Enim. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to him uh, shortly. Tanjuddin Mohammed is also with us, um, he is uh, project lead. Uh, for social uh, protection and sexual reproductive health at uh, St. Ghana. And, and of course, it's just the same conversation, Tajuddin, that we've been looking at uh, policy measures to respond to some of the concerns that you've heard from uh, mostly the youth uh, share on this platform. Social targeting comes up at this moment. What should be the options for government? Uh, my line got a bit uh, unstable. Um, the issue is that uh, when uh, the COVID-19 came up, government came up with the COVID-19 recovery levy, uh, which is still in existence today. Yeah, any, 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 I, I get the point. I this am, this is to, if you can hear me, this is actually to Tajuddin, actually. I was uh, just, just trying to find out from him um, in terms of, uh, you know, St. Ghana working extensively on, on some of these policy measures, what, what we should be looking at. Tajuddin? Okay, uh, it appears that uh, we've lost him. Uh, let me bring in uh, Anthony. Uh, I was just, uh, and of course, the question is, uh, targeting would have to come in, uh, come in now because uh, it was mostly the youth that staged the protest um, last week. If you look at the age range, these are energetic young ones who are out there asking for uh, policy directions and changes to, to fix the system. Uh, if we're to do targeting, and of course, go ahead with a policy that will address largely the concern of, of the youth, looking at the you know, average concern that each and everyone is raising within that category. What, what should we be starting from? People a lot now because I'm out of school and I have, to, I have no ICT knowledge. Everybody I speak to tells me that if you don't have an ICT knowledge, I'm unable to um, um, get you on board. Those are the areas we should be targeting. The issues that we need to deal with is also our facilities. What we have now is a situation where we are paying nursing trainee allowance and then we produce the nurses and export them to other countries. It's not even export because the people live on their own without any benefit to the country as to the investment we made in that area. We must make sure that our investments have priority. Why did we dig a pit, okay, at the heart of Accra for $58 million, which is of no utility to anybody? When nurses are leaving the country, the facilities are, there, are not there to employ them in the first place. Why are we doing that? So it's a bad investment. Why is BOG, after sinking our economy with their unregulated printing of money, able to build a, a new facility for themselves, over $250 million, when Agenda 111 could have been completed with that money so that we are able to employ our young people who just finished medicine and all these nursing courses? Why are we not doing that instead? So the things that have bedeviled this country are not so far-fetched from this government that they are unable to solve. They create the mess themselves. If you print money without regulation, there will be inflation. 
If you invest in a cathedral which has no return to anybody with $58 million, you create unemployment because monies which could have gone into finishing hospital projects are gone and the youth have to leave the country. Yeah. And if you cause brain drain over here, it has different effects. We have a situation where Grasak, graduate students, yeah. they don't have bursaries to do research. If you don't do research as a country, how do you implement policies? But, but the, so, the starting so, point is so the starting yeah. point, we must know what is going on yeah. to be able to implement policies. Now you give scholarships to people, even the scholarship we give to people who go abroad. Mm -hmm. It is not tailored to them coming to do anything for Ghana. Yeah. I had the occasion to speak to somebody who yeah. benefited from Government of mm -hmm. Ghana scholarship. He yeah. told me that he was expecting that when he came back to Ghana, there was a plan to connect those of them who benefited from the scholarship to contribute something. Right. There was no plan, so he had to leave again. How do you run a system like this? So we need to reform all these things for Ghana to work for us. Other than that, it's a waste of time. And I want to say this very last thing, so that I, you can go to the other right. people, is that the voices which are credible in this country, who need to speak for people to listen? Please, we beg you, Christian Council, what are you doing? Young people were on the streets, and these are people who attend your churches. We go to your churches. Mm. You ask us to pay tight so that God will bless us. Yeah, but it's not but, tax, but, by but, the way. I'm making a yeah, point. Yeah, it's not tax, by the way. So we do all these things. <laughs> yeah. We do all these things. Mm -hmm. And the works that are supposed to be available for us to work so that mm -hmm. God will bless us. Mm -hmm. The work is not there. And you are not telling the government anything. We see you frolic with them 24-7. But you are unable to tell them that mm. the things they are doing in this country are wrong. What is wrong? What is Christianity yeah. if we can't speak truth to power? What is Christianity if you can see people suffering in this country and you don't say anything about it? That is the problem I have. But so we should start from, start from there uh, as well. 70% of the population Christian. Uh, do we need the pastors to always tell the, tell the politicians what But if you are frolicking with them, mm. then you should be able to tell them the truth. We see them around them all the time. And, and this is, these are not lies. We see videos of, 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 the, of the bishops around them all the time. Mm. Tell them that the things they are doing to this country is wrong. And you yourselves are involved. You know people are suffering in this country. Jesus said that if your brother has needs and you are unable to provide and you right. tell them go here and be blessed, you are not a Christian. True Christianity is helping people. And we have this situation where you see nurses leaving the country because there are no facilities but you are spending $58 million to, build a, uh, to, to, to dig a pit in Ghana and men of God are involved. Why are we doing this to this country? So please, they should also start speaking the truth. And I'm saying this as a Christian who believes in God. I am not an antichrist. I'm saying this as a Christian and I'm telling you that leaders of the church, you are failing us. Okay. Uh, Philip? Um, so that's, that's it. So, you know... Um, I see that you're almost you see, supporting everything. Uh, no, but these are yeah. issues that mm. everyone can associate right, themselves with. Right. And even the pits that he's calling, the one uh, around Ridge, where President It's Muhammad supposed was, to be a cathedral. It's a supposed project. to be a national cathedral. Yes. And the money, it's not, it's not the money that is committed to that is not even the $58 million he's talking about. It's about $110 billion, uh, $110 that he's talking about, 110 million, million dollars. Oh, yes. really? So it's no, not but, that. but it's a project. It's just starting. Yes, yes. But, but government... Uh, but do we, but do priorities, we, need, we need to set our priorities as a country. Right. Now, looking at where we should go from now, mm -hmm. I think largely we should have our leaders, the yeah. political leaders, those who are leading us in the country, they must take responsibility and be bold. And you see, that's one key point of a leader, mm -hmm. someone who can take responsibility. Right. Now you inflict all these hardships on, 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 on the country and you run away from it. You consistently have been running, dodging responsibility. That doesn't make you a leader. President Mahmoud Baumia, the vice president, is calling for, uh, for, for the North to be a president. Yet he's running away from all conversations about uh, uh, the economy. 
something that he rolled on to become a, a vice president. Right. He's running away from it. So he needs to take responsibility and be bold to his people. Be bold to your all people. Of this, are, you know? are, we, are we mindful of the argument that the government has made uh, constantly that, you know, the COVID has had significant... You see, effect. even before, bef mm. before COVID, mm. the IMF report said that, even before COVID, right. there were certain things that were not even going on well. And you see, if you are bold enough and you are, you are taking responsibility as a leader, mm -hmm. when people do wrong things in your cabinet, you should be able to point to them. Several issues of corruption have happened under this government. We don't see them reacting to it in any positive way to instill that hope and confidence in the citizens that, yes, when you do that, so someone in the government who is probably doing good would see that, no, when my brother stole this money, right. for example, when they saw this money in Sisladapest room, they are doing nothing. So what am I doing? My family will tell me that you are also in the same government. Your people are stalking money. What are you doing? So it, that encourages you to go and steal. So the next scandal we will see about someone stalking money in their room will be even more than that one. So you feel we can find more if we search? Of, of course, we will see that. You see, mm. and there is a need for, a cost, for, for some constitutional and institutional mm. reforms mm. as a country. Mm. We need to have that larger conversation mm. where we see that now some, some certain things, our Have institutions to need to be yeah. independent as they must be. And you see, recently there are these talks about the political... Um, Influences yeah. in the, I, the uh, yeah with the IGP and all yeah. that. Mm -hmm. There is a need for us to 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 look at our constitutional and institutional reforms. Mm -hmm. Those are the basic things, things that, that we can do to. and invest much in agriculture. Right. Okay. Uh, for the sake of time, uh, let, let me just give uh, about a minute each to those on Zoom so we can wrap up. Uh, uh, if you're there, uh, let's take your final thoughts on this. Then I'll come to Daniel. Yes. Hardship is real. I doubt if there's one person out there that will dispute that fact. And um, I would not think, I would not sit here to say that it's as a result of the inaction or action of one government. I think it's a cumulative effect of successive governments. We all know that Ghana has been an import-driven economy, and that's the uh, reason why we are here today. So that if Ukraine and Russia are having their own issues somewhere, why should it affect us? Because we have not been able to indigenize our economy to suit our situation, you see. And election year in, election year out, politicians will be quick to tell you that industrialization is the way out. Question is, what have they done in that regard? Mm. What has happened to a, a Komenda Sugar Factory? Right. Have they continued with the projects? What is happening with a 1D, 1F? They should tell us something about it. If all of these things have been operational, I don't think we will be suffering the way we are suffering. I see. Um, Daniel? Oh, blessing. Thank you very much. I, I heard you talked about COVID-19 and the Russian-Ukraine. Yeah, it's part of the uh, argument government, okay. government has, has made, yeah. Uh, I won't dispute that, but I'm beginning to believe that uh, maybe some of the measles from Russia land in Ghana before moving to Ukraine. Uh, my biggest problem uh, is that a lot of Ghanaian young people are very hardworking and are doing everything possible, I mean, to make um, uh, life meaningful to them. But whilst most of these people are doing this, government is not doing any effort to help. Why can't government give these young businesses tax holidays? I mean, look at the numerous taxes government is trying to, I mean, impose I mean, always trying to, I mean, take the little the people are trying to survive on. That is the biggest problem. And that is the reason why you see a lot of, I mean, Ghanaians angry. And I just want to use this platform to encourage young people, 
I mean, to join the uh, the Bank of Ghana uh, demonstration that is coming on. Because trust me, we are going to the IMF to borrow about three billion dollars. Yet the amount of money recklessly spent by the Bank of Ghana amounts to about six billion dollars. So where are we going as a nation? I mean, what are we doing? How are we surviving as a nation? That would be my call for young people. We must all join the demonstration and let the people know that, look, enough is enough and government must listen to us. Thank you. Okay, then. Uh, Daniel, that was his point. Richard, for you? Yeah, thank you very much. I think on the policy front, too, one other thing that government need to take a very critical look at mm-hmm. is the, um, the market valuation directed by the Bank of Ghana uh, as a result of the debt exchange thing, uh, with regards to the IMF loan, mm. I think that that policy is one that has hurt a lot of uh, Ghanaian uh, uh, businesses and even individuals. Uh, whilst growing up, one of the things that we were taught in basic economics is that uh, if you want your uh, capital to be saved, the best place to put it is in the bank. Today, you put your money in the bank. Apart from the fact that the, 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 the money is losing its value, mm. you are also even uh, uh, losing at least 20 to 25% of the, the, the money, the, the capital that you have put in the bank itself. This is a, a program that is hurting the ordinary Ghanaian. And so um, at this time, I want to side with the previous uh, uh, speakers on the issue of uh, the government getting its priorities right. When we get our priorities right, some of these things will be solved. And I think that mm. the ordinary Ghanaian uh, will also be relieved of some of this hardship that has been uh, occasioned as a result of uh, inconsiderate uh, government policies. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, thanks to Richard, Daniel, Ni, uh, and also to you gentlemen in the studio, uh, Philip, as well as uh, and Julius Anthony. Uh, of course, uh, when we return, we'll talk about the scholarship scheme, which uh, Anthony was just pointing out to. I had a sit-down conversation with the registrar who's fighting off claims that there was nepotism in the system is also touching on a number of reforms taking place uh, ahead uh, of next window which starts next year we'll tell you all about that when we get back please stay Beku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys' boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the job better with EcoBank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of EcoBank. Download EcoBank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. EcoBank, the Pan-African bank. Smile, hmm? 
look lively, okay? Smile, smile. Is the money too small? A bad stomach ruins your day. Don't let it. Take Gastron, your most effective antacid, for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer, heartburn, gas pain, flatulence, and indigestion. Hey guys, what are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go. Mwah. Can you bring down the smiles more? <laughs> Gastron, effective relief from stomach discomfort. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been written approved by the FDA. Daddy? Daddy, this tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working surface on it. Mm-hmm, that's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-X syntax. That is so true, my daughter. Well, it falls on into spoilers. That's not true. But why? Yay! <laughs> Syntex was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? 12 whole weeks of sweating. The shower. Wipe your face. I'm not going to eat sweat. The anxiety amidst tears and joy. Finally, three institutions have sailed through. It's the final showdown. Which school will emerge the overall winner of the maiden edition of Big Chef Tertiary? Who takes home the cash prize of 20,000 Ghana CDs, a 10,000 liter Syntex stand, and other amazing products from our sponsors? The Big Chef Tertiary Grand Finale is coming to the Volta region, specifically Hall Technical University Campus, on Sunday, October 1, 2023, at 4 p.m. sharp. Audience must be seated by 3 p.m. Come, let's celebrate the artistry of cooking. Audience, have a 40% say in the grand finale by voting for your favorite institution via the short code star 713 star 208 hash and follow the prompts. Is it Takrata Technical University, Kumasa Technical University, or Ho Technical University? The battle line has been drawn. Big Chef Tertiary is sponsored by Frytor Oil, Fortune Rise, Indomie, Access Bank, and Syntex Tag, Big Chef Tertiary. The kitchen has no boundaries. Joy Prime, your ultimate experience. Yes, the Presbyterian Boys Secondary School Presec hits the big 8-5. As part of the 85th anniversary celebrations, Presbyterian Boys Secondary School and the Odadia Global Association presents the Presec at 85 Grand Derba on the theme Building Upon a Legacy of Excellence. Come experience the biggest gathering of students, staff, and Odadias. Date, Saturday 30th, September 2023. Venue, the Presec School Grounds at 10 a.m. sharp. The chairman for the occasion, the Right Honorable Professor 
Odadje Mike Okwe, the former Speaker of Parliament, and our special guest of honor, His Excellency Nana Adodankwa Ekufuado, President of the Republic of Ghana. The dress code. Come in your Prosec at 85 Anniversary Cloth. Since 1938, we've been consistent in building upon a legacy of excellence for Mother Ghana, Africa, and the world. The Ghana Scholarship Secretariat is fighting off claims of nepotism in the award scheme of grants to students across the country. Uh, over the weekend, some students' groups have raised varied concerns about the Secretariat uh, set up to support brilliant but needy students. Well, earlier today, I caught up with the registrar at the Ghana Scholarship Secretariat, Kinsley Ajiman, on how the administration is working to improve service delivery. Listen. Thank you for talking to Joy News. Um, it's been a while uh, because we've not heard from you and from your outfit in a while. So it's a good time to connect with you and to find out how the journey has been so far uh, when it comes to the uh, scholarship secretariat and uh, your agenda of actualizing the president's vision of training more young Ghanaians for the future of this nation. Uh, how, how has the year been for you uh, serving in office here at the scholarship secretariat? Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been, it's been a very tough road. I mean, taking over from an agency that was dead, buried, and forgotten. Uh, it, it has not been an easy road. Like you know, the thankless nature of uh, public service in our country. Uh, when a young man is given an opportunity, a whole lot of storms are thrown at him or her. So it's not been an easy road. I was expected. I mean, if you are dealing with uh, a youthful population, uh, as as the data or the statistics clearly shows, mm -hmm. uh, major, majority of Ghanaians are the youth. Every youth is more or less eligible for scholarship. Uh, you, know, you, you having budgetary constraints, not being able to satisfy everybody, it definitely is not going to be mm -hmm. an easy mm -hmm. road for you mm -hmm. at all. I see. It hasn't been easy. Uh, yes, but uh, let, let's go back and look at the journey because you were just pointing out that, I mean, this place was virtually dead. You had to come in and, of course, start the journey of revitalization. Have you put figures to it and have you been able to actually track the progress of work? Yeah. I mean, from an obscure secretariat in terms of physical edifice, mm -hmm. uh, I remember very well when I walked into the corridors of scholarship secretariat some years ago, yeah. uh, I was wondering if that was the place I was really going to work because uh, you could see the, the session, yeah. the place had been deserted. No activity was happening. At the time, we were about 33 staff. We had just about a computer and uh, one laptop, one, uh, one printer. So about 99% of the organization's work was, was manual. Correct. And uh, converting this, changing, changing work culture and etiquette, uh, changing mindsets to embrace computerization was a very huge leap. For us as an organization, uh, where we are now, we've come a very long way. The figures or the data is overwhelming, and that explains why there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of traction mm -hmm. to the, sec the scholarship secretariat mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. I believe that if we were as dormant as it used to be, 
will not be having this attention. Mm. I mean, back in the days, you will hear of scholarship secretariat when students were abandoned in Cuba, in Russia, and so many, so many of such right. things. But over the years, especially before COVID, we are more, we are now more receptive, mm -hmm. more visible now uh, through our decentralized and automation processes. We are, we are now more, the public now can assess us. I mean, you, you walking over here and seeing more than 200 people queuing here for funding opportunity mm -hmm. gives a clear indication that it's, a, it's an open door. Mm -hmm. People, we are now more visible. People now can come to us for, 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 one, for one form of assistance mm -hmm. or other. Mm -hmm. So it's been a very long journey. We have, we have, we have, we have, we have, we have veered into areas that were otherwise not explored. You know, at times people have the, the, the curiosity to ask what our mandate really is. Right. But let me put it in context. We are not the only funding institution in Ghana, funding in terms of a scholarship. We have Get Fund, we have GMPC, these are quasi-government agencies. And uh, our existence really, as a secretariat, finds expression in the in, in, in the directions of, 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 of the first president of this republic. Right. You know, after the exit of the British imperial power, there was a need for Ghanaians to take our destinies into our own hands. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dr. Nkoma realized that we can only do this if we have a conduit that will, that, 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 that will serve as a 360-degree hub mm -hmm. for the training of the Ghanaian for us to take over sure. our destiny. So essentially, our work is about training. And training can take so many forms. Mm -hmm. It is not that the formal one that we think... Uh, uh, the funding, uh, giving money out. Yes, well, giving money yeah, out, yeah. let's say, to do bachelor's, mm -hmm. to do master's, to do PhD, CPDs, continuous professional development in the areas that uh, we lack as a nation, we also have opportunity to give. So it's a broad spectrum mm -hmm. of activities that ought to have been happening here. Right. These were not happening mm -hmm. till... His Excellency the President was, was sworn in and, and gave opportunity to us. Mm. So we've made a lot of inroads. Okay. I'm talking of one, one computer, one printer, now to almost 100% digitization. The processes have come. Our processes. Do you see the leap? Mm -hmm. The mindset of moving people from manual ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. And I remember very well, and this is not to demean my, right. my staff. Mm -hmm. I remember very well when we started a computerization pro pro program, uh, a work or a task that would have ordinarily mm -hmm. taken a, a staff, let's say, through the manual process, mm -hmm. let's say, uh, th two, two hours to do. Mm -hmm. we're, we're, taking, we're taking them like two weeks because we now have to train them on basic Microsoft, Microsoft Office because they're going to be the custodians of the system. And you can't run a system when, when the custodian does not feel part of the system. Mm -hmm. So that kind of empowerment, the staff had it. Mm -hmm. And through, thin, through the processes, mm -hmm. seeking for funding from uh, our partners, the banks and others, they were able to support us with computers, furniture, and we were able to move the secretariat to where it is now. Mm -hmm. I must admit, uh, our, our activities or our operations before COVID has not been the same after COVID. Right. We'll talk about the post-COVID because it's a cru crucial period for many parents and, in fact, those who are seeking for funding uh, to, to pursue further courses. But uh, let's go back a little bit to talk about the digitization process. It means that almost all your...
now have moved online. The key concern, and this has been over the years, has been about transparency and the openness as well as access to, to your platforms and by, you know, by extension the scholarship scheme. How has the agenda of digitization helped to first of all improve access and also you know, uh, brought about transparency here at the scholarship secretary? I remember when I was being taken through the process of the scholarship secretary when I assumed office. Mm. The first question I asked them was, how do you assess needs? Do you use Voodooism to <laughs> assess needs? Which means that it was, it was a challenge. So I believe that accessibility through decentralization, accessibility through uh, automation, brings some form of transparency and inclusiveness. Because hitherto, we were not even seen. And our media engagements over the years also helps in disseminating the, the grand agenda that there's a need to be more transparent, there's a need to, to be more accessible, and there's a need to be more inclusive in our activities. So these are thematic areas which are not one-off events. Their processes, level of uh, participation takes a while. Three years ago or five years ago, it wasn't like today. Right. There's been great improvement, and it's something that we are, we are, we are working towards. Yeah. I wouldn't say that we have achieved 100% inclusiveness, we have achieved 100% uh, accessibility, and we have achieved 100% transparency. No, especially in the, in the era of social media, where people do all sorts of things to attract unsuspecting victims. It provides a challenge. We have, we have, we have had a very, very hard hit at this, where our main scholarship domain itself, the Ghana Scholarship Secretariat.com, has been, has been taken off because... Hard? Yes, no, not hacked. Okay. Because certain individuals were using it to scam unsuspecting Ghanaians. There was a lot of reports which we initiated by ourselves, so they had to take it away from us. So it is very difficult to say that we have achieved 100% transparency. Okay, so your, your domain has been seized or blocked as of now? Yes, yeah, it's been blocked as of now by uh, Zinita. Yes. So Nita has, has, has frozen or either blocked it? It, it, it? it's been blocked. Completely? Completely. And now we are, we are, we are moving to .gov. Or okay, so you would have to switch your domain? Yes. Uh, what, you know, models did these unsuspecting individuals, you know, deploy to, to swindle, you know, the numbers? That uh, you're there, about? It's several. Mm -hmm. And you know, fosters will always be steps ahead of you because our preoccupation is not to chase Fosters, but they employ the social media too. Okay. That's, that's, that's the online where they've created LinkedIn accounts in my name, they've created Twitter accounts in my name, and they're able to every activity that we get involved in, right. they're able to put pictures and videos there to, to, to portray to unsuspecting uh, victims that it is indeed your account. my account right. or the account of the scholarship secretariat. Which is, not, which is not true. We've reported it severally through the newspapers, through, through our, our website, the dot, the dot org. Oh, yeah. We have reported. But there's something, I think, fundamentally wrong with our culture and that of the Ghanaian. We, we still feel that if you approach a public office and you don't know that somebody, you may not be able to assess the services of, of that particular office. 
with reporters. So they use Twitter, they use LinkedIn, they use Facebook. And these are people who have huge followers, over 20,000 followers, picking money from, uh, from, uh, from these uh, members of the public. We only get to know when they get to a point where they must, they, they, they must give credence to their, their nefarious activity. That is the, the letter, where they must have the, the, the scholarship letter. That is where they go further to issue fake award letters. In your name. In, the in my name. In the name of this it, looks, it looks just like the original that we did. But there are a lot of validation processes that goes through for so you yes. to have your visa to travel. Not just our side. Yeah. Our side, the embassies, the embassies. Mm -hmm. So it is, and the schools themselves. Right. Because ordinarily you should have an admission into, into a school. Uh, you should have a scholarship letter. Mm -hmm. The school will validate it mm -hmm. and give you an immigration document to present to the, to the embassy. So it's, it is at that point... It is that at, at, most of the it, people get to. Yes. So when the schools ask for validation from us, right. being very cautious of the Data Protection Act in the, in various countries right. and that of Ghana, mm -hmm. there's a way that we do with them. When they ask for and we raise the flag that this is not coming from us because we have our own systems of checking. Mm -hmm. The schools are not on, are unable to continue with the issuance of the immigration document to allow you to go to the embassy. There are a few instances where the schools do not do the checks with us. And they issue the immigration document for them to go to the embassy. The embassy will check with us. If an outliner occurs where, where the embassy does not, also, does, not also check, does not also check with us, but also even go ahead and issue the visa to the Ghanaian, the last checkpoint is where, when you get to your place of study. Mm. Getting to your place of study, right. the Ghana embassies over there will check with us for the payment of the scholarship uh, commitment. Mm. It is at that point that they get to, they get to know. Do, do you still receive these reports? Because uh, we're learning on, for instance, the use of a LinkedIn account, for instance, which, is, which has pictures, I mean, your pictures, pictures of other officials on the said page. And these individuals use that page to, yes. you know, deal with other students. Do you continue to receive reports? Yes, we continue it? to receive. Mm -hmm. Personally, a lot of people that don't know me will want to check with me. That guy is fake. We have issued a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, bulletin to let Ghanaians know that these accounts that are being used on social media, they are, they are fake accounts. They are swindling you. They are scammers. But. Most people will not listen. And now, the embassies that do not go through these processes with us, and these, uh, will I say, fosters, yeah. they have the temerity to even come and pose as visitors in our office here, just like you met so many people at the uh -huh. reception. Yes. They come and they're able to lure their, their victims to this place. The people get to the premises or on our premises. They call them. They meet them outside to create the, the picture that they really work here. And they, they, they close their activities. We'll show you a fourth file of instances of people who have reported to us. People, they send them messages that they should come for interview. Mm. 
and they've been invited through the same medium or the, through the same media that they used in getting them. Right. They, should, they, should, they should come for interview. Today, 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 I'm sure over the 200 people seated wanting to come and see me. Mm -hmm. You have about three or ten of them wow. who have been scheduled by their... their Fortunately. Yes. They're to come for an interview here. So it's, it's, it's a complex and complicated situation to deal with. A service that over 10 million Ghanaian youth are eligible. At times you can't blame them too much because... Uh, Everybody wants to be given an opportunity to, to improve themselves. Yeah. But, but you are beginning to pay the price for it, even if not you, the entire institution. Um, accusations upon accusations, first of all, starting with some of your officers. You hear students out there accusing your officers of, you know, either abetting some of these fraudulent activities. Have you taken time to audit or perhaps carry out some investigations within your own setup to see if some of your officers might be complicit in these accusations. Yes, internally, when we hear such things, like I said, we try to invite the so-called uh, victims to the fore. And when they appear before, the few instances that uh, they, they mention staff, you realize that the names they are mentioning, none of them even works here. Other instances where they mention staff correctly, and you let them, you do, you parade six staff to show which of them is uh, or yeah. you do that sometimes. You yes. Ask them to point out. Yes, that is where you have cooperating people who have been scammed. Mm -hmm. Those who cooperate and want to go through the process right. with you, then at that point, we have no option but to report to the police. If you go to the ministry's police station, if you go to the Waik police station, if you go to Cantonment's police station, if you go to the if you go to the police headquarters, we have complaints. But it is it it is bigger issue that the Secretariat cannot fight it alone. I remember we appeared before the Finance Committee of Parliament, mm -hmm. and I told them that we needed help. We needed help. Because my, my, my job is not to be chasing fosters. Mm -hmm. <laughs> my job, actually, right. is to award scholarships to deserving Ghanaians in any fields of, that has to do with training. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what we do. But these are risks that are inherent in the operation of your activities. Mm -hmm. So, and there are so many things I can't even discuss with you right. because of our, our international networks. I'm being, I'm being very careful not to put out certain information there. Because you see, the Secretariat will live beyond me. I came to be the Secretariat. It was established in 1960 when I was not born. Right. But I should also create a situation where I will be uh, living it in a, a situation where cannot be continued with. Okay, but you've heard your name as well, being mentioned in mm -hmm. so many circles. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure that you, once you go onto social media, you key in your name, a number of platforms mentioning your name and, uh, you know, making several allegations. So because they are numerous, we categorize them. First of all, the claim that you're not giving enough scholarships to the general public, as you should, um, and also the claim that you're playing favoritism with the process. How do you respond to all these claims? And have you come, come across them yourself? Yeah, like I said from the, from the preamble, mm -hmm. it's a very tough seat to occupy, especially when you have made it very good. Making it good means that make, making it so attractive for people to have confidence. 
The numerous applications suggest that people have confidence in the Secretariat. We did not come from just heaven. There was a lot of work that went into it. Okay, so now this is how our work is. We are dealing with a, a liability, the term revolving liability. Revolving liability means that you have existing obligations and you have new ones adding up. There will always be some form of liability. That's one, one, one variable to, 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 to put in mind. The other variable is that you are dealing with an academic year, which ordinarily starts in September. As against the financial year, which starts in January. So there's a gap or a lacuna of about four months. Let's put that one here. You are dealing with another variable where you don't generate yourself. You are 100% funded from central government. So let me take the last variable, which is the funding. You, you go through a budget process, like every other agency goes through. And uh, yeah, yeah, almost all the time, because it's a revolving liability, you have existing students, which most of the time occupies about 85% of your estimates. You do your estimates and present through the normal government processes to finance. Finance has overreaction look at the whole economy and is able to tell you. So, for instance, per my estimates, uh, because of existing liabilities and uh, maybe the new ones I want to do, I need 10 cities to run the academic year yeah. or the financial year. Finance looks at it. You are not the only institution that is asking for. Asking for. So maybe under the year of review, they can do five cities for you. So without even starting anything, you are in deficit of five. Now, post of COVID, you, are, you can't discuss scholarship liabilities or social services like this separately from the performance of the general economy. Per the last year's data that I cited on official document, okay. the city depreciated by about 56%. You see, you've been hit by five already. City depreciating by 56 means that half of the five is already gone. So you, you, can't, you have to manage with, let's say, 2.5 cities, 2 cities, 50 pesos, or 3 cities, 60 pesos, 50 pesos, out of the 10 cities that you, 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 you wanted to have for your It means that a lot more people will not have the opportunity. And the Ghanaian youth is very desirous. The Ghanaian worker is very desirous to acquire skills. What then happens naturally? Name calling. He didn't give it to us. He gave it to this. And definitely certain Ghanaians must have it. All of us cannot have it. So that is what happens. It's, 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 it's a tie rope. Now giving it to your party people, giving it to your cronies, giving it to your, 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 your associates. If that were the case, then, then it means that uh, issues of sale of scholarships and other things cannot be placed in the context. Does it mean that I'm taking money from my own party people? I'm taking money from my own uh, associates? I'm taking money from my own family and friends? That, that, that cannot be. The number of 200 and so people seated in the office wanting an opportunity, how many of them do I even know? They come and they, 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 you go through a process with them, which starts with the most fundamental document, especially those who want to go for schooling, either the diploma, bachelor's, or each of them must have an admission letter. 
And we look at it and we see what we can do. We can, we can do all. For instance, if I open up, let me just open up on this information. I advertise for Commonwealth scholarships. You have about 2,000 Ghanaians applying. Unknown to them, maybe the slot given to Ghana yeah. may be less than 10. <laughs> and you have about 200 plus. 2,000. 2,000 actually applying. Mm. And maybe they may give you three. And we have the task of selecting three mm -hmm. or 10. The public doesn't know this information. We don't need to put it out there. So there were 1,900 people who did not get it. Of course, extremely dissatisfied. And the tendency of bad mathing the whole process is so inherent with us. It's, it's a very difficult tie rope. And uh, <laughs> for instance, our bilateral scholarships, which, which forms part of a bigger agreement or bilateral agreement with, uh, with uh, other friendly countries, all of them come with quotas. They come with numbers. So for instance, we are opening up a Hungarian uh, scholarship. We have about 5,000 Ghanaians applying. But I have a limited number maybe less than 100 to select from. And in the process of application, you don't add a party card. You don't draw a family tree. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't do anything that has a tendency of promoting some, of, some form of uh, tribal or racism. Last few years, we had uh, RTI got to us because there was a petition from Fourth Estate. I was about asking, asking, asking for data. Yeah. We provided them with the data. And they should do the profiling. In fact, if I want to go into the nuances... So you've submitted that? Before. Oh, long ago. And you're willing to publish? Uh, well, it doesn't lie. It doesn't lie if it's published. Once the RTI yeah. has it, whatever right. they want to do, they can they, do they can it. Use okay. But if I want to get into it, I'll tell you that the CETA inherited was highly skewed towards a certain direction by virtue of ethnicity and other things. How do you and say... these are claims you can back? Oh, yes, we can. Cuban scholarship 250 in 2012. We can, mm -hmm. we have it. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's tangential. Right. Well, I've really lost my thought. Right. Uh, we, 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 how do you say somebody has come to decentralized scholarship and still think that that person is promoting chronism and skillness? Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 especially when you are hearing it from high-ranking people, right. parliamentarians, even our, our party people, my party brought me here, mm -hmm. and even the opposition. It, 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 it kind of beats That's my it. imagination. Mm -hmm. I've set up a district scholarship review committee for local scholarship, which has the district chief executive, the member of parliament or his or his or her rep, uh, a, a member from the, the traditional authority that is dominant within the district, two people from our office here, and a ref from a tertiary institution or a GES district at a district level to, to do some form of assessment right. or validation it before it comes to us. Mm -hmm. And you are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are attacking me of uh, nepotism. And of course, uh, be sure to contact uh, full interaction on uh, subsequent bulletins and also uh, online at my 
joyonline.com. But it's time now to talk about the Ghana Teacher Prize, which is happening in the Western region. It's aimed at celebrating uh, those who've uh, dedicated themselves to uh, educating the workforce or the future uh, leaders of the country. And fortunate to have Denise uh, also, also joining us uh, here in the studio. He's the PR for the National Teaching Council. Thank you, sir, uh, for spending some time uh, with us. We're all uh, excited because we'll be celebrating our teachers. Sure. Everyone has been to the classroom. Uh, okay, well, at least a significant number. So uh, it's always good to celebrate our teachers. But what's unique about this year's Ghana Teacher uh, Prize? All right. Um, thank you so much, my brother, for the opportunity. Um, this year's Ghana Teacher Prize is so unique. Um, because we've introduced other categories that is paying attention to the teacher of teachers. That is, yeah. those who train teachers to become teachers. Wow. So this year we are looking at also awarding teachers from the colleges of education. So I think that is a bit of it. And then in terms of organization and everything, yeah. um, we've added most things that will make yeah. the event very colorful. Uh, so, is this the same as the national... Um, award for teachers. We used to have that scheme in the past. How different is this from yeah, so, what we're um, seeing now? Initially, we used to call it Best Teacher Awards. Yeah. But since 2018, we moved from Best Teacher to Ghana Teacher Prize, all because we wanted to have that global touch. Already, um, we had Global Teacher Prize, yeah, yeah. and they had a criteria which will help people from different countries to also apply. So we tried to hold our award scheme to this. So because of that, we've been having a lot of teachers participating at a global level yeah. as well. And so that is why we changed that brand. But it's the same Best Teacher Awards, just that now the award process is very juicy in terms of the awards given to the teachers, very juicy compared to some years back. So. Mm. Okay, uh, the, the, the trainers of the teachers, and I don't know if I'm putting it right, sure. uh, but what's the aim and what's motivating that, that you know? Uh, All right, um, I think we, if you're awarding a teacher, then we should also look at who trained the teacher. Mm. And they are also teachers. But initially, we we're only limited to the pre-tertiary, where we pick it from senior high school to the basic level, mm. that is to even the preschool. But this time, we are looking at the one who is also training the teacher. So if you are training, the t- we are awarding the teacher, then the one who trains you to be a good teacher to need some recognition. And so it's a category that we really pay, we have a lot of um, attention, and we want it to be one of the best awards. So even that category alone, the winner is going home with a 4 by 4 pickup. To my newborn baby boy. The day you arrived was one of the happiest days of my life. Right up there with the day I bought my RV from that guy on the internet and insured it with Progressive. (laughs) What a deal. Just know, son, I'll always be here for you. And by here, I mean in the middle of absolutely nowhere. In my RV. Protect your baby with an RV policy from Progressive. Take as little as four minutes to see what you could save at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Wow. Yes, and then... Those first and second run-ups, huge amount of money, ranging from 100000 to 50000 There's a feeling that when we're celebrating just a few teachers, then we're leaving out uh, the larger group who have also worked tirelessly in supporting those who are excelling. Um, what plans do you have towards you know, expanding uh, the, the teacher prize and making it much more inclusive? 
Yeah, I think we have a lot of categories. It's not limited. Okay. Mm. So we have about four categories, but um, with the four, we have the teacher. We have teacher in leadership and okay. administration. Right. And then we have the non-teaching staff category. And then also we have the College of Education tutor category. And so we are looking at it from the bigger picture. Even though we are celebrating teachers on that day, yes. we think that educational workers within our schools and then our offices also need some recognition. Celebration. So we are celebrating them as well as well as the teacher. And even the teaching category, apart from getting the top three, we have best KG teacher, best primary school teacher, best junior high school teacher, best senior high school stroke TVET teacher. That is other category. Yeah. And then we have the non-teaching where at the non-teaching we have the top three the top three we are first and second. and all of them every category is yeah. going home with a car yeah. every see. category that's amazing yes so then things have really changed now. Oh, yes uh, but but the nomination process and ensuring that this is a fair process for how how are you um going about first of all the nomination process ensuring that it is uh, you're all transparent right. all right just like i said yeah. initially some years back when it used to be best teacher days yeah. teachers are selected from the various districts. By this time, we say, if you believe in yourself, that you are a, a teacher who is really impacting the lives of your students and even the community, you believe in yourself, this is the criteria for selection. Go and apply. Say, I believe yeah. that I'm a good teacher, so award me. Unlike it used to be before, where the people within the system will say, this person is more or less. But this time... If you believe yourself, so you apply, we open nomination. Sometimes we even use four months to do that. Where you go on our system, you know we are going digital. Okay. So you go on the system, we have the criteria, you upload your data and everything there. From there, we have assessors who go through and then shortlist. After the shortlisting, we go through the interview system. And then we go, the most important part is people coming to your locality at your blind side okay, to, to investigate... Check. Whatever you have put on paper, right. whatever you were interviewed on, is it really you? Mm. Are those things factual or you are just giving us some hoes? Yeah. So all is what we go through. So this time, it's strictly based on what you have given us and then the information we also have. I see. Uh, looking at the date, it's almost, um, you know, we're just a few days away. So you have all the winners set. Yeah, we have our winners. We have awareness. So it's too late for anyone to just... No, 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 it's too late. <laughs> we actually closed it somewhere May. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, we opened from February mm-hmm. to May. And even with May, they, they, they called for extension and even extended it to somewhere June. Okay. June 28th or so. Right. And so it's something that had been there for some time where people applied. And here we are today. We are the latter part of the stage, uh, the process. What message would you want to leave uh, with, you know, us and by extension send across to teachers who are watching now, those who are um, aspiring to one day be celebrated at the uh, Ghana Teacher Prize and for those who are in the system hoping that, you know, things will improve where the award scheme will get closer and closer to them? All right. What I want to say is things have changed as it used to be. This time, if you are a teacher and you believe in yourself, just go through the process and apply. But one thing that we should all be assured now, the most outstanding teacher goes home with a four by um, goes home with 
um, a three-bedroom apartment mm. worth 400,000 Ghana cities. Wow. And then again, you are given a foreign scholarship to study any place of your choice. Oh. And then you're also given a study, um, what do you call it, an educational trip to Singapore. And it, that, that is for all the category winners. So best, teach, um, best um, college of education teacher will also, we'll also get that. the same thing. Um, the best um, teacher in leadership will get the same. Best non-teaching will also get the same, the same treat. And so it's very juicy that teachers, and all the categories, as yeah. I said, um, um, first runner-up goes home with a 4 by 4 pickup. For the teaching category, second runner-up, a saloon car. Teacher in leadership, a saloon car. Non-teaching saloon car. Mm. And then best college of education teacher goes home with a 4 by 4 pickup. Uh, yes, it's, a, it's a good time to be a teacher. Sure. Uh, indeed. Sure. And uh, that's an invitation to all who are watching us out there. But unfortunately, we've run out of time. Thank you so much uh, for spending right, but, um, time. I want uh, to talk yes, uh, about the event. We, we mm-hmm. are doing it in yeah. three days. Okay. So 3rd and 4th of October, mm. we will be at Akroma Plaza, right. the Western region, Western region. the credit to be precise. And the main event, that is the Grand Debat, will be organized at um, GSTS right. Hall. And the President of the Republic is going we'll to be, be a guest of honor. And we'll be expecting uh, His Excellency. It will be live on your, your for channel. Our president. Oh, yes. And of course, uh, we are proudly bringing you that coverage. And it will be happening on the 5th uh, of October. Thank you, Dennis. And that's all we have for you in this package. And bless us with our log on to myjoyonline.com. We have updates uh, there for you. <coughs> Bye-bye for now. See you.